Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. It is a Monday edition of Flyers Daily as the Flyers win streak has come to an end at four games. That's a season high uh, with 6-2 loss over the Toronto Maple Leafs. And joining us on a Monday edition, as always, you read his work on PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. It is Bill Meltzer. Bill, certainly not uh, a great way for the streak to end. Um, you know, John Tortorella essentially said they earned that loss um, with their structure defensively. Yeah, Flyers are really their their own worst enemies. With uh, you know, with total respect to Toronto and and being such a talented team, I mean the Flyers really made life pretty easy on uh, on Toronto. They uh, between turnovers, between uh, you know the amount of time and space they gave up defensively, um, between just just how atrocious the Flyers were on special teams, and in some cases not even under pressure just you know just just unforced errors um and you're, you're gonna have certain nights of the season when things don't go your way i think what what's so frustrating about this one though jason is that is, is that twice um is that twice toronto took two goal leads and the flyers answered right back to draw back within one um you know and then the flyers basically shot themselves in the foot again and uh, you can only do that so many times Against like the team, the team of the Leafs. So. Yeah, I think the takeaway, Bill, from the game is that, you know, against Arizona or against Anaheim, you can have mistakes like that that don't end up in the back of your net. But against a team like Toronto, with all of that high end talent, you have those mistakes. They make you pay. I mean, the Marner assist to Yarn Croak. I thought that that was like such an interesting play because Marner's kind of going up the ice like, okay, nothing to see here. I'm going to enter the zone. Still nothing to see here. And then all of a sudden he just wires this beautiful pass back door and the Flyers bought the nothing to see here thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they, they scored a couple backdoor goals tonight. That, that's, yeah. uh, you know, and that's, uh, that's something that the Flyers had largely cleaned up. But yeah, that's, uh, you know, there's just a whole other caliber of playmaking. Now, the the, uh, the Tavares's uh, pass to Matthews on the, the last oh. goal was uh, was incredible. Yeah, it was deft. Um, Bill, one of the big takeaways, obviously, you know, as when we get into these situations when you know the coach makes a decision in game to sit a guy down, um, is is one of the storylines that will last beyond just the game, the game score, or the box score, or anything like that. And tonight it was a guy that has already been healthy scratched in Tony D'Angelo. Saw a lot of minutes early in the year. We saw his minutes and usage change a bit of late and pairings change. He's been with Travis Sanheim. Uh, but he had a really scruffy first period. His puck management wasn't good. And then one shift yeah. in the second period with poor puck management and a bad turnover again. And the coach sat him down. Torch took full responsibility for making that decision, not Brad Shaw. And, uh, you know, it's one of those situations again here like we talked about with Kevin Hayes, where do they go from here? Now, that being said, I like the way that Tony answered to it after the game. Yeah, I, I thought that, you know, the, that's what you want to see. You want to see a guy stand up and, and answer when, you know, when you have a night like that. And, um, you know, and, and I thought in this, I thought he had the, he had the four turnovers in, in his limited ice time. But also I think there was – I don't I also think he was competing very well down low and then that, mm -hmm. that last shift that he had um you know wasn't very good on the wall and then his guy got away from him a little bit in front of the net and i think that was 
that was it. Um, you know, and listen, you still had 39 plus minutes of hockey to go, but uh, Torres has seen enough for that night. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's, he's already shown that, that uh, he'll hold, he'll hold everybody accountable. He's not afraid. There's not a guy on that team that he, he wouldn't bench under, under certain circumstances. So well, let me put you in the catbird seat here. Do you put him right back in the lineup tonight against the Buffalo Sabres or do you say, okay, you put him in and say, okay, lesson learned last night. He didn't have his game. We sat him down. Um, the way he answered the call after the game, he was fully understanding. He said he wasn't nearly good enough. To, but the only play I was going to make that was a good one was the one rolled off his stick and then ended up in the back of the net. Um, do you put him right back in the lineup and let him get right back on it? Because I would. It was my call. I would, too. I yeah. would, too. Especially given how uh, poor the Flyers' power play looked in the game. Yeah. D'Angelo is an important part of trying to get the power play straightened out again. So I, I'd have him right back out there, yeah. Yeah, I, I think he will go back in tonight. Uh, I think Justin Braun probably was planned to come back in the lineup anyway and Nick Sealer come out um, because of the back-to-back perhaps. But um, we'll see if, if that's how it ends up playing out. And I suspect that we'll probably see Sam Harrison tonight too, too because I didn't think Carter was at his sharpest last night for sure. No, no. I, there, there were two goals uh, that I didn't really like in, in that game. Um, you know, not – Easy saves necessarily, but uh, ones that were makeable saves. I, I didn't like Timmons' goal for one. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, and that, uh, you know, that started with a turnover up the ice by Frost, but that wasn't an especially dangerous chance. And I and I thought he, I thought it was a shot that he could have tracked and, and stopped. Um, and the shorthanded goal. I mean, it started it started with, uh, you know, Hart's own turnover, and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, they they catch a break because because the puck goes off the crossbar and. You get a stoppage and a defensive zone face off, and the shot off the draw was, I guess, kind of a kind of a changeup, um, and he may have been a little bit screened on it. Um, you know, he went through Tippett's legs, but I don't know. I think you still need a save there too. That's, that's yeah, not that, that that's a fair save to ask for. Um, you know, and, and there were other ones where he had he had no chance. We were talking about the backdoor goals and yeah, you know, some of the precision of, the, of how. Uh, Maple Leafs moved the puck, but it certainly wasn't Hart's best game. But I think I think even even if Carter had a pretty good game, I think the plan was to split the starts anyway. Yeah, I agree. I think they want to get another look at Sam Harrison as well. Um, you know, it's interesting, Bill, because Brian Smith and I were talking about this post game, and I brought this point up. You know, watching Toronto play and watching that, I mean, they're almost the opposite of the Flyers in this sense that they have all of the high end talent ad nauseum in some ways, but they don't have the, the, the bottom end pieces. And, and I just wonder, I go, can you have all of that high end talent and, and be a successful playoff team? Cause I see like parts of their game and I see why they're a really good regular season game team, but I also see why they haven't advanced in the playoffs is because the bottom of the roster is not nearly got the right character or the right build and I wonder, I go, can you have that much high-end talent and still be able to build the bottom half of the roster? And so far, that answer has been no. Um, you, you know, they have the hard part. They got the high-end pieces, but they can't seem to round it out because maybe there's too much money allocated to those high-end pieces to build a proper bottom half. Well, yeah, that, that's just it, right? And it, it all start. It all started with the Tavares signing, and yeah. that really that was greedy. Work. Yeah, yeah, and. and uh, he wasn't, you know, although Tavares is a legitimate star in the league, they they already had they already had pieces in place, 
And that really, you know, there have been times as they've been trying to build a team, it's hurt them on the blue line. It's hurt them in goal at times, right? And um, it's something, you know, something they have, I mean, I know there have been rumors, that, you know, about Disneylander getting moved to create space and whatever, but I mean, they, they are, they're a very top heavy roster. And, uh, you know, playoffs are in a large part also about depth. So, you know, until they, until they prove otherwise and can advance a little bit in the postseason, I think the jury's out. No, they might be the only team in the league that's got three players that are more than a point per game because Nylander's leading them in scoring more than a point per game. Matthews and Marner in that case as well. And, and Tavares was 37 in four games or 41 games coming into the, the Flyers game last night. I, I know one team's got two more than point per game players, and that's obviously Edmonton with Dreisaitl and McDavid. But, I mean, to have three of those guys up front is 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 a rarity indeed. Um, Bill, the last week, the four wins and the winning streak. We know about the opponents. We know it was San Jose. We know it was L.A. Who's not a bad team. Uh, Anaheim is a team that's really scuffling along, obviously. And then you get the win over Arizona in the return home. And I, I kind of broke down the numbers of their last 11 games prior to last night. And they were averaging 3.81 goals per game, which if that was their average per game this season, they would be second highest scoring team in the NHL. Um, what's been different? Why have they been able to score in those games? I know part of it is quality of opponent, but that's it's not that simple. No, I, I think that, uh, you know, a big part of it is the neutral zone play. Mm-hmm. They made a change there. Yeah, they made a very big change, and, and they've created a lot of turnovers and made it harder for, you know, other teams to get through the neutral zone attack with speed. Um, in their defensive zone, they, um, you know, the Toronto game was not a very good example, but but I think um, the Arizona game was a good example in, in, in this light. You know, when they were when they played the game in Tempe, um, you know, Keller in particular ran wild on, and they gave mm-hmm. up a bunch of uh, odd man rushes, breakaways in general. Um, when they played them, when they played them last time, not only did you know, not only did uh, Keller not run wild on them, he's a non-factor. They completely shut him down. Um, and you run into teams with very good power plays, and the Flyers and, and Arizona. That's the one thing they do actually pretty well. They're a good power play team, and they'd had power play goals in five straight games. The Flyers didn't take a penalty until the, about the final ninety seconds of the game. Um, you know, that was a kind of meaningless penalty to tip it, and this game was already decided by that point. Just, just, just playing with discipline, you know, playing, playing smart, sticks in in the lanes, those kind of things. I mean, those are all areas where the Flyers have improved. Um, and they've been getting scoring from a variety of sources. It was not, I mean, Konechny's obviously been just absolutely scorching on, but um, going into the Toronto game, you know, the whole JVR Frost Tippett line was on a great roll. Um, Lawton was red hot. It looked like looked like Hayes was starting to heat up a little bit too, and uh, so they were, you know, they were getting, they were getting goals from different sources. So you know, just a combination of playing the right way, uh, of establishing more guys contributing, you know, all those are positive things that they could carry over. As as you mentioned, the uh, L.A. game, um, you know, L.A. is a good club, and especially at home, they're a good team. Yeah. So that was that was. That was a solid win. Those those are things that um, you you want to see them get back on the horse against Buffalo. Buffalo is a high scoring team, um, not necessarily the the best defensive club, but they're they're a much improved team. So it'll be, be a good test for Flyers. You, you mentioned Konechny. Kevin Hayes is going to the All Star game. Travis Konechny is not. He's been one in the 2019-20 season for the pandemic kit. 
Bill now in 34 games. He picked up his 21st goal last night. He's got 20 assists, 41 points on the season. Uh, I think he's on about a 96 or 97 point pace for the year and still a long way to go to get there. And when you look at his numbers and, you know, you look at power play goals and shorthanded goals and, you know, all the elements of his game this year, minutes played is way up for him this season, averaging uh, over 20 minutes a night. Um, And then you couple that with, you know, the fact that the most impressive number to me on his game log is the fact that he's only gone two games without a point once this season and the consistency in ending up on the score sheet in a positive manner has been probably the thing that the coach likes the most. Cause you love when you can throw a guy over the boards every night. And for the most part, he's going to end up on that score sheet. Yeah, absolutely. Just been a total model of consistency this season. Yeah. Situationally too, you know, you, you need somebody to step up on a shift and he's the most likely guy to do it. And um, it, it's been really all year. Um, that's been one of the biggest positives of the season. You know, with all, with all due respect to to Kevin Hayes, and um, you know, and the the sentimental part, it's really nice to see him named to the All Star team. If if there's one guy who's just really deserving on the Flyers, it, it's been connecting. Yeah, I mean, it'll be a good story with uh, Kevin Hayes and and his nephew Bo. Jimmy Hayes always wanted Kevin to make an All Star team, probably knowing that he wasn't you know a good enough player to make his own. And to give Bo that uh, experience, so it, it'll certainly be a good story uh, that weekend. Um, but uh, yeah, Travis Konechny has certainly earned. Maybe he gets it on a fan vote or something because he is having a great year. Uh, Bill, the blue line. You know, we mentioned D'Angelo. It's uh, it's been you know back and forth for Cam York. I talked to him the other night, and you know he talked about the advantages of being on the right side as a left shot defenseman, but the disadvantage in the D zone. He said, Frosty told him, said, you should play center D. (laughs) Kind of take the advantage of both ends, crisscross as you come out to use that. Uh, But what have you seen from Frost? Because, or not Frost, from uh, from York, rather. When when you look at his game and, you know, the way he's kind of handled that back and forth and a variety of partners. I I, I see continuous improvement from him. Yeah. Um, You know, last year, I think uh, the – Playing on his offside uh, was something new for him, and it was, I think it intimidated it, him. Don't you think? I, I think it did. I, I really do think it. It, it was uh, something that uh, you know he looked a little overwhelmed at times trying to do it. Um, this year, it doesn't seem to overwhelm him. I, I think that um, you know plays around the net. Certainly, certainly uh, breakout passes, getting out of the getting out of the defensive zone, moving the puck up ice. Um, no, he's he's always been a confident player in, in joining the play up the ice, but I, but I think that it, the pieces are, are falling in place for him, and uh, that that's been that's been in, in his recall. I guess it's about twelve games now. I think that's been uh, you know another area where the, it's benefited the whole team, not not just himself. Yeah, Bill. Last thing for you um, is late night here, so we're tr- we're going to keep it a little shorter tonight. But I want to ask you this question because World Juniors are over now, and we're past the holidays. Teams kind of know who they are and who's what. And, you know, teams aspiring to make a push or, you know, bolster their roster are in that mode of, okay, who's available and start those and those conversations. When do we start hearing, you know, about guys like James Van Reems, like, you know, at the deadline 
you know, does does he make it that long? Or to me, if I'm a GM and I know I need a piece, I make that move sooner than the deadline. Because I give myself six and a half weeks at the deadline to get to the end of the season. The guy barely has a chance to get out of the hotel at that point and get some living arrangements done. Plus, I got to have him assimilate with my team, my group, and all of that. I, I would prefer to do it sooner and get a little bit more leeway or runway, if you will, for an acquisition. Uh, do we start hearing those conversations in the next week or so about potential trade targets and the fires maybe selling off some pieces that aren't part of this thing long term? I, th- I think that's a that's a great question. I mean, the Flyers hit the statistical midpoint of the season in Buffalo tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's game 41, 41 to go. Uh, usually you start hearing things starting to heat up uh, right, you know, right at and then right after the all-star break. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I think it makes a ton of sense what you said where you, you want to give a guy a little more time to get acclimated to the team. It's not quite the stretch drive yet. You have a little bit of time to sort things out. Um, you know, it, it, things things kind of tend to get done closer to the closer to the deadline. I, I think there were talks beforehand, but they really get down to brass tacks and to, you know, what the uh, – what the what the real ask is and and how much of a market is required who are you competing against yeah so i wouldn't be shocked if it, if it happens closer to the deadline but I, I think we'll start hearing some rumblings you know right at the all-star break yeah if i if i'm a gm and i target a player i go that's the guy i need i start making those calls and trying to find get a, a way to get a deal done now confident knowing that guy can help me especially if i get him there sooner because you have the all the other thing of you know kind of shaking your group a little bit in the dog days of the season, which are January and February. And I know, I don't think that that's a bad thing. I always say it's good to add a guy that's got to ask where the bathroom is, you know, or needs to use GPS to find the practice facility. (laughs) You know what I mean? It it just adds a freshness to the group and it adds a new feel and dynamic. I I agree. I I think that, um, you know, there's a certain excitement, particularly when it's a veteran of some pedigree, right. And, And it's, uh, you know, there's there's an excitement around the team when a guy comes in and, you know, a guy like JVR will fit in with any team because that's, you know, he just he's a good guy and fit in any room. But that's, uh, you know, they give, give a little time to work out, figure out who his line mates are. Sometimes what, what seems to be a good fit on paper, uh, you end up juggling a couple of times until you find the right fit and the guy settles in and there's uh, some systems adjustments no matter what. So it's, uh, you know, it, it makes sense. It makes sense, you know, to do it sooner it just doesn't seem to work out that way often yeah uh, well if he gets traded to minnesota the living arrangements are taken care of he's got no home there the forever home there um and i'll rescind everything i just said uh but until then i will not we'll trade him for caprice how about that there we go um get billy garen on the phone uh bill thanks for doing this as always flyers in buffalo tonight to take on a high flying fun to watch Sabres team at Tage Thompson. That'll be an interesting game. We'll break it down tomorrow. Rebuild stuff at PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. You get A-plus coverage there. And we'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand new Flyers Daily. See when you dress up in green